0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another Primetime Sports Podcast episode. I'm your host, Joey Maylari. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the Beanpot, which tonight we have the finals matchup between Northeastern and Boston University. But before doing so, I'm going to talk about last week's semifinal games, which we had two great games go right down to the wire, one-score games in both of those matchups. We had Northeastern take down Harvard 3-2 in overtime. And then in the other game, BC had a very close loss to BU, losing that one 4-3. to BC was trailing in it. By two goals in multiple points of the game, they found a way to battle back and make it close to the end, but it was too little too late. So I'll break down both of those games, then I'll get into previewing tonight's consolation game between BC and Harvard, and then I'll preview the finals game, which is a rematch of the 2022 Beanpot Final matchup between BU and Northeastern. So let's start off with recapping that Northeastern win over Harvard last week. Northeastern won that game 3-2 to in overtime, like I said. And like I mentioned last week in my preview of the game, I wouldn't be surprised, I said, if the game went into overtime since the first game, of the bean pot is always close and then it delays that second game of the semifinals. And that ended up being the case. The game goes to overtime. The BC game doesn't start on time. Northeastern started off with the goal right away in the first period. A goal from Alex Campbell, a transfer from Clarkson, who's been great this year for Northeastern, leading them in goals this season with 15. Northeastern dominated in shots on goal in the first period, outshooting Harvard 15-7 in the first period last week. But things really flipped around in the second. Harvard really got things going on offense. They tied the game up with a Ben McDonald's goal in the second period. Harvard took momentum from that point on, out-shooting Northeastern 9-7 in the second period. Then things got even tougher on Northeastern. Harvard scored another goal just four minutes into the third period, taking a 2-1 to lead on a goal from Matthew Morton. Northeastern ended up changing their game plan around, started lighting up the shots on goal, took back the momentum they had from the first period, outshooting the Crimson 15-6 in the last period. And in that third period, Northeastern actually tied the game up at two goals. Lighting up shots on goal did work for Northeastern in that game. Late in their comeback, that's what their game plan was. It ended up working. Justin Ritzkovy and the captain for the Huskies had the game-time goal with about nine minutes left to go in regulation. Northeastern had chances to put the game away at the end of the third period and win the game with the game-winning goal. But unfortunately, the game ended up going to overtime. But it definitely made for an interesting overtime period. And then obviously the second game was close as well. So a great Beanpot Monday last week. In that overtime period, though, Northeastern got the game-winning goal from Beanpot legend Gunnar Wolf-Fontaine had the game-winning goal for the Huskies giving them a 3-2 to win over Harvard. Last year, he actually had two goals in the Beanpot final game versus Harvard, so it seems like he always plays his best in the Beanpot. Four career goals in the Beanpot. He always lights it up in the biggest moments. As for Harvard, they are a young team. I think they're going to be better next year for sure when they get a little bit more experience as a group. Credit to Harvard's goalie, though. A local kid from Massachusetts, Derek Mullet, played hard, played well, made some big stops, and he was a big reason Harvard had a chance at winning that game versus Northeastern. But credit to the Huskies as well, though. Just 33 seconds into overtime, Fontaine found a way to come up clutch yet again in a big moment in the beanpot, sending Northeastern to the finals tonight against BU. So now we're we'll transition to BU's 4-3 win over BC last week on Monday night. on Celebrini got things going right away for BU. Two goals in the first period, both of them coming within two minutes apart, making it a 2-0 game in the first. One of them was a power play goal. It wasn't BC's goalie's fault. That's Jacob Fowler. wasn't his fault. Celebrity had great looks at the net and just has a ridiculous shot. He's ready for the NHL and it's looking like he'll be the first pick in the 2024 NHL draft in just a few months. And his power play goal is absolutely ridiculous. And if you look at BC on the year, they've been great in the penalty kill. They have a 90% kill rate of the penalties they've faced this season, which is number one in all of college hockey. So BC is trailing two to nothing after the first period. Gabe Pro got things going for BC offensively with a power play goal of his own to make it a two to one game right at the start of the second period, just about. Of course, BU responds though with another goal. This one being from Luke Tuck, making it a three-to-one game. Then BU started the third period with another goal to make it four to one. Kind of putting the game out of reach for the most part. But with how much I watched PC play this season. I knew the game wasn't completely over yet because they can score goals in just an absolute blink, considering how quick and how fast they play and how crisp they play on offense as well. So I figured that at least make things interesting and maybe make it a two-goal game, maybe a one-goal game, and that ended up being the case. BC found a way to get right back in it. They tightened up the game with consecutive goals. One of them being from Gentry Schamberger, and then the other one being from Gabe Perot, making it a four-to-three game with eight minutes left in regulation. BC's strategy in this last period. Was just light up shots on goal. It's desperation time. You have no other option but to just take shots when you're down three goals. BC had 24 shots on goal between the second and third periods, which helped put them back in the game. But that still wasn't enough for the Eagles. They ended up falling short to BU four to three in that one. Credit to BU though; they changed up their strategy during the game. The first period it was all about just getting shots on goal and taking momentum offensively, and then in the second and third periods things changed up. They only had 11 shots on goal between the second and third periods combined. They started focusing more on their defense, playing more conservatively. They still did score two goals after the first period ended, but they were more focused on chewing time after their 2-0 lead in the first period. And they also blocked a ridiculous 30 shots from BC in that one. Something Northeastern will have to deal with tonight is BU's defense. Even though they are known for their offense and scoring goals, they do block a lot of shots. But BC did find a way to try to get back into that one, which is obviously good. They didn't just quit and just give up. The tough thing, though, is that BC did beat BU two times a few weeks ago, so it's really hard to beat a very good team a third time in a row. As for BC, they took momentum back in the third period, had a lot of chances to tie it, but it was too little too late. But at least they didn't just quit when it was a 4-1 game. They still fought hard. It made things interesting at the end, which is obviously great to see. As for tonight's consolation game, we have Harvard versus BC at 430. BC did beat Harvard earlier this season in November in a 4-1 game at Harvard. It was a 1-1 game after two periods, and then BC erupted for three goals unanswered in the third period. BC really took things over offensively in that game, outshooting Harvard 31-18 to over the last two periods, which offensive rhythm has been a problem for Harvard this season, and obviously shots and goals is an issue as well. But they are a young team. I do think this team's going to be in a better position next year. They do battle hard. They made things really tough on Northeastern, gave them all they could handle last week. Northeastern was just happy to escape with a win in that game because Harvard had all the momentum and really took advantage of Northeastern in the second and third periods. They are a young team, though, like I said, and they could have won that game against Northeastern, but it's good for them to get the experience because a year from now, I think that team is going to be in a much better place. And I'm really hoping Mikey Callow from Southie scores tonight. He plays for Harvard. He's a forward for them. He actually has the best plus minus on the Harvard team, and he's only a freshman, Plus 5, plus minus, which is best on the team. And he's one of only three players on the Crimson with a positive plus minus. Really cool seeing him play last week versus Northeastern. Hoping he scores today versus BC. As for Harvard, I do think they're going to surprise in this game. I think they're going to stay close. BC may have the big-time names on their roster and a lot of guys that are lighting it up on the leaderboard in college hockey. But Harvard does have some talent. I know it hasn't all translated to wins this season and they are struggling record-wise. But they have 11 NHL draft picks on this team. And one thing to note, it isn't all about being drafted. There are undrafted players that will be signed, like Justin Ritzkovic from Northeastern. Ritzkovic will be signed, even though he wasn't drafted coming out of high school and heading into college hockey. But Harvard does have talent. And for some reason, I just have a gut feeling that Harvard is going to surprise in this game and keep it close. And even though I want to predict an upset, because I always root for the underdog a lot of the time, I already have an upset pick in the finals. So I'm going to go with BC winning a low-scoring defensive battle 2-1 to game here. Harvard does need to limit their turnovers. They need to continue to play disciplined. That's something they've done all season long is limit penalties, just 6.7 penalty minutes per game, second best in college hockey. They have struggled, though, with faceoffs. They have struggled with shots on goal per game. They're winning just 44% of their faceoffs this season, fourth worst in all of college hockey. As for the Eagles, they've been great offensively all year long, and Jacob Fowler's been great in net. If you look at the points leaders in college hockey right now, BC has three guys in the top 10 in points. You have Gabe Perot, second most points in all of college hockey with 43. He's only a freshman. Will Smith, another freshman with 40 points on the season, fifth most in all of college hockey. And then Cutter Godier, 38 points on the season, is ninth in the NCAA. Godier is number one in college hockey, though, in goals this season with 23 heading into tonight. He has been great. I was surprised he came back for sophomore year at BC, but things have worked out. This team is dangerous, and I'm excited to see what they do in the Frozen Four tournament. They definitely have what it takes to make a deep run there. I'm excited to see what the East tournament looks like as well. There are a lot of competitive teams. Northeastern's finding their stride at the right time, winning five games heading into tonight. Now they're at 500. After one point, being around five games under 500, they had a bad losing streak in November and December. I think they lost six or seven games in a row at one point. But you have BC, BCBU. Been the top of the Hockey East all season long. But there are other teams there in the Hockey East that are interesting. UMaine has been great. A team I was very high on heading into the season. I think they're going to surprise and win the Hockey East tournament. I was very high on them heading into the season. I think I had them at my 4th or 5th ranked team in the Hockey East heading into the year. And they've been exceptional all season long. Providence and UMass Amherst both have had bounce back seasons. UConn is actually 3 games under 500 right now. But they're typically better than what they are right now. They've been very competitive in the Hockey East the last 3 or 4 seasons. UNH has had a great bounce back season A team that's made great strides since last season Excited to see what they do in the Hockey East tournament As for the rest of the Hockey East After UNH at seventh, You have Northeastern at 8 Vermont at 9 Merrimack at 10 UMass Low at 12 Northeastern's been playing great hockey as of late Like I said Really catching the stride at the right time. Vermont's made great strides from where they were the last couple seasons, playing a lot more competitively in the Hockey East. Right now, they're just a game under 500. And then Merrimack and UMass Lowell, two teams that are used to being at the top of the Hockey East, especially over the last five or six years, just about, are really struggling this season. Merrimack, six games under 500. UMass Lowell, 10 games under 500. It's just crazy to say that, considering how good they've been over the last couple seasons. But that's just the way things go. Guys move on, guys get drafted, guys transfer. It's obviously a big thing in college hockey is a transition from each year to the next. But they have been great at finding ways to turn things around. So we'll see what they look like by the end of the season. They've been great the last few years whenever they have bad games or bad stretches. They find ways to turn things around. But I don't know if that's going to be the case this season. Seems like they're having a down year. But obviously there is still some time left. Not many games left, but there are still some games left to figure things out and get back on track. So now I'm going to move on and talk about the finals game, which is tonight between Northeastern and BU at 7.30 on Nesson. They split the season series with two games, both ending in a 4-3 score in overtime. BU winning one of the games on January 9th at home at Agganis Arena, 4-3. Northeastern battles in that game. They were actually down 2-0 at one point. Battle back, tied it up 2-2. They were down 3-2 at one point. Then they tied it to make it 3-3 in the third period. But with the game going to overtime, Northeastern lost in the first minute, 4-3. Then they matched up again on January 30th, this time at Matthews Arena, Northeastern being the home team, found a way to win this one, 4-3 in overtime. Northeastern was leading 3-1, 8 minutes into the third period, but they gave up a 3-2 lead with a minute to go. They gave up two goals in the last 12 minutes of the third period, one of them being a game-time goal with just about a minute to go in regulation. So Dylan Ritzkovin helped out the Huskies, giving them a 4-3 win in overtime with a goal with just 30 seconds left in the overtime period. Northeastern avoided an epic collapse, found a way to win that game. Both of the games they played against BU this season, they were dominated in shots on goal. BU outshot Northeastern 40-27 at a Arena in the first game. And then in the second game, this one being at Matthews Arena, Northeastern was outshot 41-29. But even with limited opportunities, Northeastern found a way to win that second game and still score four goals. And then in that first game, they lost 4-3, to but they still got things going offensively and kept it being a close game, even though at the end of the day, they weren't getting the same amount of offensive opportunities that BU was. And credits to Northeastern's goalie, Cameron Whitehead was great in both of those. And they need him to come up big tonight in the finals as well. Northeastern heading into this game, they've won five straight games, 22 goals over the last five games, with key wins over UMaine and BU, two top 10 teams in college hockey this season. Tonight is actually the sixth straight Beanpot Finals that the Northeastern Huskies will be playing in. They've won four of the last five Beanpots. They've really gained a lot more respect in the tournament after decades of being an afterthought and after decades of not winning. They've found a way to be a lot more respected in this tournament. Currently right now, they sit at 12-12-2 on the season, so just at 500. BU is 19-7-1 and on the year. A big question you might ask, what can Northeastern do to win this game? They have to try to slow down BU's offense. And it sounds a lot easier said than it is done. But BU is probably going to lead in shots on goal. But Northeastern has to take advantage of any offensive zone time they get. And if, let's say, they get three power plays, Northeastern has to score in at least one of those, maybe two of those power plays if they want to win this game. BU averages 11 penalty minutes per game, 34th in the NCAA. They're going to probably give you a couple power play opportunities. Northeastern, they've had such great historic performances. From goalies over the last five or six years, they probably need Cameron had to add to that club. They need him to show up tonight in a big way. Another guy they need to show up is Gunnar Fontaine, a guy that's come up clutch time and time again in the Beanpot for Beanpot career goals in his career. As for another thing Northeastern has to do, they need to play disciplined, which they've been doing all season long. But BU, if you give them a power play opportunity, they're going to take advantage of it. So Northeastern has to find a way to play disciplined. Northeastern right now is fifth best in the country with just 7.7 penalty minutes per game. They need to stay on that track tonight and limit penalties. Another thing they have to do is continue to win faceoffs. They've won 55% of their faceoffs on the season, which is number one in the NCAA. As for BU, what has been their strategy all year long? Well, one thing they do very well is they control the puck. They dominate possession, and they light up shots on goal. 33 shots per game, which is 12th most in the NCAA. Northeastern has to be careful tonight with turning the puck over. They need to limit turnovers because one thing BU does is they make you pay when you turn the puck over. It turns into breakaways, and lo and behold, a second later, you're already down a goal. BU has a lot of speed. We saw it last week against BC. Celebrini has been incredible this season. Whether it's his shot, whether it's his stick handling, whether it's his speed, he's a great all-around player, and they have a lot of guys like that on BU. Celebrini on the year, 22 goals, 19 assists, 41 points. Northeastern has to slow him down. Northeastern has talent. Even though they lost a lot of talent over the last year, they still have guys that can play, guys with a lot of experience, and guys that have played in this game before. Gunnar Fontaine, Cam Lund, Jackson Dorrington, Matt Chupani, Hunter McDonald, they have a lot of experience. And it's always going to take probably a shift or two to get your rhythm on the ice and let the Jitters go, which is probably going to take a shift or two for both teams to try to get their footing. But hopefully after the first shift or two Northeast, you can take momentum, whether it's a power play or whether it's some shots on goal and getting some rhythm on offense, whether it's a big play on defense, getting momentum right away and putting pressure on BU would be huge for Northeastern. And that's something they did in the first two games they played them this season. Northeastern put pressure on them right away and always responded when they had to. And they've been able to beat a lot of good teams this season. Northeastern's beaten Maine. They've beaten BC. They've beaten BU. The only team in the country that could say that they did that. And I know not every single team in the country plays all three of those teams, but if you're in the Hawk East, you play all three of those teams. And Northeastern's the only one that could say they beat BC, BU, and UMaine. This team is capable of beating the bigger teams. Even if the record's just 500, they could show up in the big moments. Like we've seen from them this season. So one thing Northeastern has to do is limit turnovers, like I said, and limit power play opportunities for BU. BU makes you pay for your mistakes. Especially earlier on in the game, like they did against BC last week. It was a 2-0 game in a blink. Northeastern has to find a way to get momentum right away and put pressure on the Terriers, something that they've done this season very well. Northeastern has put pressure on BU in both games, winning one of them, losing one of them, both games being in overtime, but Northeastern's been able to battle with them this season. Matthew Curran, BU's goalie, has been good, but Northeastern has had success against him this season, seven goals in two games. On the year. he has a 913 save percentage and 2.46 goals against. My prediction in this game is that Cam Lund and Matt Chupani will have a big-time goal for the Huskies and i think northeastern wins in a dogfight. Hence obviously the terriers or huskies it'll be a dogfight, but i think it'd be a legit dogfight close game. I think northeastern wins this one 3 to 2. And I know it's a major gamble saying that considering how good BU's been this season, and i'm a northeastern fan, so i'm a little bit biased with this prediction, but i do believe northeastern has what it takes to beat BU. They've already beat them this season once, and in the game they lost, they were right there in that one as well. They've battled back in both games against BU this season. They do have what it takes to compete with the best teams. Even if their record isn't showing that they're a great team, they're 12-12-2 and two right now, they're hitting their stride at the right time. And I know I may be really wrong with this prediction, and I'm fine being wrong since I'm a big Northeastern fan. I'm going to roll with them being the Beanpot champions in 2024. That would give them their fifth Beanpot in the last six years if they were to win tonight. If BU wins tonight, that would be the 32nd Beanpot title, 12 more than any other team in the tournament. Anyways, that'll wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.